entitled Two Spirits. The Two Spirits is because two spirits are guiding us. One is a spirit of love, compassion, caring, and it's full of agape love. And the other spirit is selfish, pride. And those two spirits, they're fighting for me right now. I know they're fighting for you too. We're struggling with these spirits. We sometimes submit to one, sometimes submit to the other. These spirits are also influencing our church. They're guiding our church. Of course, one of these spirits comes from Satan. And the other one comes from God. Now, well, let's take a look and see what spirit will win, or actually, actually, what spirit will win us over. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you love us so much. You care for us. Lord, we ask you to please guide us. Be with us. Help us learn of your knee, Lord. Lord, I humbly pray in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's turn to uh, Luke 18, verses 11 and 12. Luke 18, 11 and 12. Like a brother mentioned earlier, the devil's attacking us. He's doing it constantly. He wants us all to fail. He wants us to follow him. See, you see sin everywhere. You see it in the streets, and also you see it in our churches. No matter what religion you think you're from, there's sin everywhere. Our church is being attacked. By the devil. Our church is succumbing to some of the uh, attacks. Why is this? Because we listen to the spirit of selfish, the spirit of a love of flesh. That's why we're falling. We have no idea how far we've fallen down. Let's read a uh, I'm going to read Luke 18. It says, The Pharisee stood up, stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice twice a day, twice a week. I give tithe on all that I possess. Now, if we look at this, the Pharisee here, I'm not saying all Pharisees were like this. Nicodemus, Paul was a Pharisee. But this Pharisee here, he belongs to God's church. He exalts himself. He thinks he's in, he doesn't need anything. He has everything already covered. He believes 
that God is with him. He prays to God. He says, I thank thee. I thank him for not being like this other guy over here. Three, judging the, the, the tax collector, Republican. He claims that he's in communion with God. Just like this Pharisee, we're the same. Our church falls in the same. I'll explain a little bit later. See, Satan, he's full of selfish, very prideful. He attacks people. And like this Pharisee, and like ourselves, we are also selfish and prideful. See, the Pharisee elevated himself, just like God, just like Satan. He wants to be like the most high. He wants to be elevated above everybody else. Yes, I've seen that in some churches. People want to be elevated. They want to put on a pedestal. They want to see, they want to make sure everybody knows what they're doing. They want to make sure they stand out in the crowd. They want to say, oh, I did this. Instead of saying, God helped me with it. God did this for me. There's a lot of eyes in there. As you can see, I, I, I. Same thing with the Satan. I want to be this. I want to be like the most high. It's a lot of eyes. Instead of giving God the glory, their eyes. Here in our church, by our church, not our particular church, but our Seventh-day Adventist church, we got the same problem. It's a lot of eyes. It's a lot of people that judge somebody else. You know, you know what? We complain a lot. <laughs> we complain because of things are, the way things are going. We complain because we didn't get our way. We're so selfish. We're looking for Number one, which is, you believe, is us. Instead of looking out for everybody else. You know, uh, the big danger with pride is that you really can't see that you have it. If somebody points it out to you, he says, oh, he's just jealous or whatever reason. You can't see how prideful you are. That's the big danger. You know, pride and selfish, selfishness always go together. Pride is self-importance and self-focus, which that leads to, to um, selfishness, which is selfish thinking and selfish acting. You know, keep in mind, uh, this Pharisee, he believed in God. We believe in God. We also we don't realize how far we've fallen, how prideful we are. Just like the Pharisee. Our church, I heard people out there complain or fight among each other. More like things that don't really matter. They forget what's, Im what's important. We fight who, the state of the dead. We fight over who, if it's 144,000 literal or, or spiritual. 
We fight for things that doesn't even matter. But the devil uses that to lose our focus. Um, you know, this was prophesized about 2,000 years ago of our state. It's going to be now. Please turn to Revelation 3, 17. Now this is the Laodicean church. Almost 2,000 years ago, these scriptures were written. And you follow, there's the seven churches in seven time periods. We're living in the last one, the Laodicean church. I'm going to read Revelation, 13, Revelation 3. Verse 17. Because thou, thou sayest, I am rich, increase with good, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. This is our church. We think we don't need, we don't need anything. We have the Bible. We have knowledge. We have the spirit of prophecy. We believe we know enough that we don't need the Holy Spirit. We believe, just like the Pharisee, the Pharisee could tell you scripture. He could tell you prophecy because they knew Jesus' time frame was supposed to come. He just, just, he just rejected them. Like us, we could claim we know prophecy. We claim the scriptures. We read the scriptures. We quote every verse in the Bible. But there's no love in us. God's not with us. The Holy Spirit's not with us. Without that, it don't matter what you know. It doesn't matter what you think. It does not matter because if you don't have the love of God and the Holy Spirit guiding us, it's just for nothing. You know, myself, I'm not perfect. I fall into this too. I do the same thing. I like to exalt myself once in a while. I get prideful. And it's, it's just the, the, the battle we have with my flesh. See, the first spirit is the love of flesh. And of course, the second spirit is the Holy Spirit. The love of flesh comes from the devil. And of course, the Holy Spirit comes from our Heavenly Father, our God. See, brothers, brothers and sisters, without the Holy Spirit, we're blind, naked, and miserable. And we don't see it if we don't have the Holy Spirit with us. You know, church, it's time to wake up. See how far we've fallen down, how far we've fallen from God. We need to examine ourselves and see how short we fall. And we need to do it God's will. You know, God sent his son, our Heavenly Father sent his son as our example. 
Jesus came and everything was in outwardly love. Nothing was towards him. Everything he did was for somebody else. He put somebody else first. He healed people because they came to him. He stayed late nights healing people. Get a few hours of sleep, get up early in the morning because he needs our Heavenly Father. He prays. Him coming down a flesh. He still had to, had to struggle with these temptations. He still had to struggle with flesh. But his mind was connected with our Heavenly Father. He was so connected that he was able to overcome. See, do you see the difference between the spirits? One is self-loving, and the other one is loving everybody else. But our church doesn't see that. Our church is the Laodicean church. We, need, we don't need anything. We believe we have everything. In reality, we're miserable, we're poor, and we're blind. And we don't even know it. Not until we realize this and actually start doing God's will that we will overcome this. As soon as we realize this and follow God's will, God will come. It says the Bible says the end will come until the word, the gospel, is preached throughout the world. It doesn't say that the, earth will, the heavenly father will come as soon as the, the Sabbath laws come in place, the Sunday laws. It says, until the gospel is preached throughout the world. Now, God's calling us to do some work. He's calling us to do different types of work. But it all ends up for the same purpose. Now, if you can't go door to door preaching the gospel, that's fine. God uses you other ways. We just got to examine ourselves, realize we are in need. See that we are blind. Ask for forgiveness. Humble ourselves. God will use you. He's not asking for people that are righteous. He's not asking for people that are, have overcame sin because the Bible says we all have sin. He's asking for us, just the way you are, a sinner, to come to Jesus and let us be used by him. It does not matter what you did yesterday. There's, there's a... I'm going to read something real quick. It says, live today like yesterday Yesterday never was, and tomorrow never will be. Forget the sins you did yesterday. you got to die daily. Don't worry about tomorrow. Focus on today. Yes, our carnal nature brings us down, makes us sin. Our selfishness 
But God sent his son for overcome this, for us to overcome. Without God, we're nothing. See, one of the biggest lies the devil tells the Christians, or so-called Christians, it says, it's okay to go to Jesus, but do it tomorrow. Don't do it today, do it tomorrow. Our Heavenly Father is calling us today. He's calling you as you are, a sinner. He's calling us to deny ourselves and to do his work. Now, I'm not saying you will be saved by works. Don't misunderstand me. You'll be saved by grace. You will, you will be judged by your works, but you'll be saved by grace. A week ago, there was an explosion in Waikale. Five people out of six died. Two of them were real. They're friends of mine. See, for them, their time is up. There's no check and chances for them. I'm not sure how close they were to God, what relationship with God. See, for, for them, tomorrow never came. God is calling you. He's calling you us today. He's calling us to get out of this state that we're on. See, the Laodicean message is a message of hope. It's not a message of condemnation. It's, he's letting you know what's, what's going to happen. He, you know that this is a, the state we are at. You know, if... if uh, If you feel the Holy Spirit is moving your heart, if you know you're fallen and you want God's help, God is calling you. You know, we're family here. We're supposed to feel each other's pain. We're supposed to help each other. If you believe you need, if you believe that you need help, I ask you to please come up so we can pray together. The family will ask God for His help. I ask you to please. If you feel the need, God's calling you. Please come up. We'll sit, we'll kneel together, we'll ask for forgiveness.
God, you have told us that if we confess our sins, that you who love us with everlasting love is faithful, that you are faithful and you are just to forgive us of our sins. And you promise to cover us with a robe of righteousness that we would be pure and innocent in your eyesight. As your children, we do not want the spirit of selfishness, the spirit of pride. We don't want that in us. We want the Holy Spirit to rule our lives. We want him to grow us. We want him to give us the life that you will have us as your sons and daughters. And with him living within us, dear Father, we want to represent that character of love to everyone that we see. That when they see us, they see you. But we know that we have to die daily, that we have to submit ourselves to you, that we cannot think of ourselves as who we are, but we must focus on who you are. And that only through you are we able to do what you have asked us to do. We cannot do it of ourselves. We cannot do it by works. So Father, we are here today as your children, leaning on you, letting you know that we want you to rule in our lives, that we want you to take charge of our thoughts and of our actions because it begins within us. And dear Father, we lean on you. We love you. We love you so much that there are times that we can't even have the words to express our gratitude for what you have done for us. So as we leave here today, let not this be just something that happens for a moment. But let this be a beginning, a new creation in us, because we know that you love us and you want us to be with you for eternity. And may we be faithful in all that we say and all that we promise, and may we keep our vow of commitment to you. In your son's name, amen. Our closing song is hymn number 301, Nearer, Nearer Still Nearer. <laughs>